Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back to the Hebrew Congregation. We have episode 95 of the Hebrew Congregation. We love you. We welcome you every Saturday. Uh, I have some special announcements. So we're on episode 95, which means on June 11th, we're going to be on our 100th episode. And everybody know that 100, everybody always cheers, yay, for the 100th episode. So that means for Saturdays and Saturdays, we've been 100 times, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to give away two $100, all right? So we're going to have a, a giveaway uh, that day, and that's just me uh, and the congregation, and I. we're just blessing in the field, okay? Because we don't ask you all for any money, so we don't want to be a blessing to you. So how do you get this $100 on June 11th, which will be our 100th episode, leave your email address. So we want you to leave your email address in the comments, or you can private message me your email address, and then we're going to have the drawing. So if you're just tuning in, there will be, hold on, I'm admitting something. Else. So if you're just tuning in, there'll be two $100 that's given out. And we had a drawing before and we blessed someone and uh, we were able to send them um, some money and it really blessed them, okay? And so leave your email address, uh, send it at the comments, uh, send it to my, my personal uh, messenger and I will enter your name, all right? And so Minister Mike, if uh, I know you're just tuning in, we're gonna give away two $100 on our 100th episode. We're on our 95th episode. All right, so here's some um, announcements I have. So Kevin Samuels, a lot of you know Kevin Samuels. He's a, a relationship internet guru, lifestyle coach, a media consultant. He died. So he's 56 years old. He had a heart attack and just died. And the day before he had done an episode. And so everybody's making a, a big deal about it, which it is a big deal. But we're only hearing about people like him that are, are stars and actors. That's happening all over. People are just dropping dead. I, I just had a girlfriend who said her niece, 43 years old, just didn't wake up in the morning. So we know that COVID is still out here. We know that uh, President Biden don't want to send an alert. He's not putting it on the TV to see the numbers, but the numbers are still going up, okay? And so still be cautious of staying distance from people and wear your mask if you choose to, um, but it's still out here. COVID is still alive and well. People are still dying and people are still being hospitalized. So I just wanted uh, to stress that because it's not by chance that he, he just didn't wake up and people, they're saying they're having heart attack. It's still out here, all right? Um, and so uh, another announcement I have is uh, Mother's Day is tomorrow. Uh, we know that's a pagan holiday. We went over that before, okay? So we know that in uh, Mother's Day started in what, 1914 by this Anna Jarvis. Well, actually she started it in 1908, but it became official in 1914. This woman never had any children and she was never married. The only reason she started this Mother's Day program because a lot of men were getting accolades and women weren't being recognized, but she died fighting against it because the United States started commercializing and capitalizing on Mother's Day. They make 24 billion with a B every year on Mother's Day. So she went before the government to remove it from the calendar. 
she spent her last dime and her money fighting against it because it, it did it wasn't about what she tried to do okay so you can look that up for yourself this anna jarvis she didn't have any kids she was never married she wasn't a mother she just wanted to recognize women but the united states ran away with it and this is what we have you can recognize your mother any day right you can send her some flowers uh you can do something for her any day don't just wait for mother's day i know um matter of fact minister griff birthday is may 11th i had him a day before this mother's day so he sends me little things and he does him just calling me is a gift calling me and checking on me mom how you doing how's it going my grandbaby that's a gift so I just want to say, yes, it, it is a pagan holiday, uh, Mother's Day. Um, and I just wanted to give a little testimony. And if anybody else have any, I like to give testimonies because testimonies break yoke. So everybody know uh, I've announced before that I'm studying my brokerage. This old lady has gone back to school, which myself, and it's very challenging. It's very challenging for me to be back in school for my brokerage. And so uh, this week was math. And so Monday through Thursday, I was studying this math, which was very hard because it wasn't just addition, division, multiplication. It was like uh, pies and, and uh, denominators and uh, depreciation, appreciation. It was all these formulas that I had to try to memorize. And so Thursday was the test. So of course, uh, brother Jerry, my husband, he didn't want to go to his radiation. So I had to gather him up on Thursday with that drama. And I, I took him to the, <laughs> Mr. Matt, I took him to the hospital. Then we came back. My class was at six o'clock. I usually work out on Thursdays. So I felt defeated. And I said, no, I'm going to work out anyway. So I worked out, took my shower and time enough. I said, I'm not going to study. I decided I wasn't going to study for the test because I just need to go for what I know and give it over to the Lord. Um, so I did end up passing. So I passed the test. Yahweh helped me, brought some things back to my memory. Hey. <laughs> well, you know, you pushed out a math teacher, so it makes sense. <laughs> I pushed out a math teacher because Minister Griff, he is a math teacher. That's my son. <laughs> so I was so proud of myself Thursday, but I was in warfare. And so Friday when I woke up, when you're on warfare with yourself and your flesh, it's always a scar. So I had like a, a bruise on my chest. It's still sore right here. It's, it's external. And uh, I was very tired. And so then usually the attack comes. And usually the attack is not external. Everybody think, oh, the attack is usually from people outside. No, it could be open doors of people you love and close to. This attack started coming on Friday. It, it was real. It was in this house, okay? And so... I'm gonna tell you, don't fall for the okie doke because you already know when there's an open door in a person, you already see it. Cause God, he, he's already shown it to you. Don't respond the way you usually do. Are you gonna lose? In order to build up what God has for you, you can't keep responding the same way and losing the battle. At some point you have to take a step back and say, I'm stronger than that. I'm not gonna fall for the okie doke. I'm gonna handle this in a different way. I'm gonna handle this God's way. I'm gonna give it to Yahweh. 
Okay. So anybody want to respond? Anybody have anything else that uh, they want to add to this? Minister Griff, your light is on. You you have anything you want to say? All right. So I'm going to just play a, a quick song, and I hope that that blessed someone. Um, I really didn't go into detail, but it was a. I wanted to just say it was a fight. Can you all hear me? Okay. It was a fight against my flesh. It was a fight against myself. And then once I beat that, then the, the, the enemy started coming in. And when I say enemy, he just, the devil just uses people. It's not about them being evil. It's about the doors that's open that the devil's able to use them. You have to respond differently. You have to give it to God. You have to give it to Yahweh. Uh, and I'm going to play this song that uh, my God reigns. And it's not R-A-I-N-S, it's R-E. I G is R E I G and S, which means what? Hold royal office, rule as a king or queen. God, our Yahweh, he's powerful and he reigns. And so I just want to play this for everyone. We do not own the rights to the music. Yahweh gets the victory. Another day, another opportunity. 
to get it right. Don't be defeated. It's like coals on his head. When you lift his name up, it's like coals on the devil's head. Don't let him have your smile, your joy. With power and majesty, he reigns. So can you. But I can't do it without the Lord every day. Yes. He reigns. Hey. When you see that change in yourself, say. Circumstance. Give me another chance. He rang. Oh, yeah. Declare it. Kevin Samuels, he's in a better place. Don't sound sorry for him. Feel sorry for yourself. You gotta get it right. One on one. He reigns. Those people going on to be with the Lord. They're not defeated. They're still eternal. Hey, like we're gonna be one day. He reigns. All of my circumstances giving us another chance. He reigns. Another opportunity to get it right. Another opportunity to keep the feast days. Another opportunity to know that you are a child of God. You come from Shem, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Another opportunity to know you are kings and queens. The other opportunity to know that you are head and not to tell. Another opportunity. He reigns. You reign. You are his first. Israel, you are his people. Glory. And so we're going to uh, go into the parashah. Um, our parashah this week was Leviticus 19 through 20 up to the 27th verse. Uh, the new parashah is Leviticus 21, chapter 21 through 24 up to the 23rd verse. So we want to read these every week because that's what, what Rabbi, he teaches on. So if you say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really know 
what 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 the rabbi be saying that's because you're not reading the parasha because that's what he teaches on is the parasha so today is another day to get it right the new parasha is going to be what leviticus chapter 21 up to 24 the 23rd first and then next week when rabbi come on you'll know what he's talking about in reference to it okay another opportunity and that being said we thank you all for logging on we thank you rabbi for giving us our food, the word of God, as you come on. Uh, Minister Mike, if you can go ahead and do the prayer over the Torah, please. Hey, hey, y'all, really quick before we jump in. Sorry, Mon, I heard you call on me, but uh, I was getting the baby together and I'm feeling sick this morning. Something is off. So that's crazy that you talk about COVID and all that because it's, you know, stuff still floating around in the air. But um, I heard I had a, you know, we we're doing our testimony piece earlier. I had a quick testimony or a quick word that I wanted to drop uh, on the line as well, real quick, if that's okay. Oh, yes. Go right ahead. I saw you lit up, so I knew you had something to say in my spirit, but go ahead. Yeah, I was trying to, but uh, you know how it is with baby. But um, so we had a, uh, a, j a jazz musician slash guitarist come visit our school. For those who don't know, my school, I work at a uh, Christian uh, high school out here in San Francisco in the Bayview area um, that's that's really focused on it. and our main focus is just making sure that kids get holistic education uh, and also get exposure so that they can you know find different careers and things that um, that they would like to do when they get older but he came and he was you know playing some songs for us his name was Martin Luther uh, I can't remember his last name but his first name was Martin Luther and I was, I've never met anybody named Martin Luther besides King you know and the, and the great reformer um but as he was as he was talking you know afterwards one of our kids asked a great question they said uh you know what is your motivation to keep making music he's probably in his early 50s uh black guy real cool guy but they asked him what is your motivation to keep making music and what he said struck me and it's something that i'll keep for all my life something that uh we kind of talk about sometimes mom when we have conversations but he said my motivation to keep making music is, is because I don't want to die. Excuse me. It's because I want to die empty. And I was like, at first it's like, huh? And he said, I want to die empty. And then uh, he was like, let me clarify that for you. He was like, when I say I want to die empty, what I mean is, you know, I have a message. I have so much inside me that needs to go out to the world. I need to push these ideas out. And he said, I'll know it's time. I'll know I can die peacefully once I've emptied myself out and got all that needs to go to the world, out to the world. And I was just like, wow, that is deep. That is deep. I want to die empty. Every ounce of my soul, he said, I want to I pour every ounce of my soul that I have to offer to the world, I want to pour it out before I take my last breath. And once I do that, I'll be comfortable taking my last breath. Wow. And I just thought that that was so deep. I want to die empty. I never thought about that, but we talk about it a lot, Mom, where you say you got so much inside you, you got to... You got to let it come out, let it, you know, it's, 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 it's theology bursting out of you. And um, that just, you know, following up from what we always talk about, that just struck me of like, yes, I 100% agree. I, I, I want to die empty. I don't want to die holding any of this knowledge information that the Lord has placed inside this vessel. Um, and so, you know, that that's a mission for me now is to get it all out, whether it be through book form, through on here, through whatever it is. I just want to die empty. So I just want to share that with y'all. I thought that was a, a, a nugget right there. Wow, that, that is powerful. Thanks for sharing. And mm -hmm. it, it is a, a sin to keep all that knowledge, to keep all what God has shown you, all he's doing for you, 
and even these testimonies to yourself. And so you're, you're pushing it out. And even if you look up that, that uh, guy, Kevin Samuel, he was, he was pushing out a lot of energy. He was telling the, the uh, African-American Brown, the Hebrew Israelite saying, Hey, you have to work on, on yourself. He was saying some of the women, you're obese. You need to, to, to lose some weight. And I mean, we are, obesity is killing us. He was saying to some of the men, you, you need to start doing this. You need to start working harder. So he was doing, he was saying the blunt truth without having other people control him because he had his own platform. And so if you listen to some of the things he said, a lot of some people say, oh, he was ignorant or, or he shouldn't talk like that. But that's what he had to pour out. That's what God was giving him to send his message. And maybe it was raw. And if, and if it ain't tight, it ain't right. Uh, some of it may have been a, a, a bit explicit, but we have to pour ourselves out. And this and me having hosting this is my way of, of pouring everything out. This is all I have to offer. You don't have anything to offer the Lord. Your money can't buy your way in. All you have to offer is yourself, the knowledge that he gives you. Your testimonies will break yoke. The point to the cross. That's that's really all you have to offer. You don't have anything else to serve his people. So you know, that, that, that's so um, enlightening right there, because when you think about it, if I have this glass and it's filled and I want something, something else, I can't put anything else in it because it's filled. So how are we going to get anything poured in us unless we pour out? And the thing about it, yes, a lot of times when people pour mm -hmm. out, it empties them and it may weakens them but it also strengthens them because as a teacher, how you get stuff reinforced and as a rabbi reinforced in you is when you're pouring out and you're teaching others. The best way to learn is to teach. Mm -hmm. So that, that makes sense, right? That was real good right there to me. <laughs> Amen. And it, and it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel to get good to tell my situation or when I've been under attack but I have to, you can't be in charge and act like nothing's ever going wrong in your life. <laughs> and like you said today, Minister Griff, today, you don't feel good. The, the COVID is, is still out there. So iron sharpens iron, go, go get yourself checked because things are still going in the atmosphere. Yeah. And, and that just, that just makes sense. Even if you got stuff in you, whether it's disease or sickness or bacteria until it comes out, it has to come out for you to get better. You don't retain stuff <laughs> uh -huh. and expect that you don't feel better. It has to come out. Mm -hmm. And and you know, uh, building on that too, I was talking to one of my spiritual brothers this week, and um, he had just given a sermon, and he was telling me he was like, you know, we got all these ideas of feelings and you know, uh, protect your energy and do all this stuff in this culture. He said, but what if what if Yeshua did that? What if he protected his energy and what, what if he didn't put himself in situations with people, you know, that had bad energy or whatever? How would our lives be different? And I thought about it. And I'm like, dang, when he was on the cross, he said, I'm surrounded by bass, by bulls, you know, got to be the worst energy in the world. Yet there he was willingly going to it. And it was just like, man, like we can sit here and make any excuse we want to. But when it comes down to it, we got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. We got to be comfortable going and putting ourselves in situations to be able to minister to folks and be able to do these kind of things. 
um, and and not be on no, oh, you know, I just want to make sure I protect my peace and my energy. Yeah, we need to protect our peace, of course. But Yeshua would just give it all to him every day. Even when he withdrew and they followed, he would say, all right, they're here. So I'm going to give them some more, you know. Um, and of course, he had times of rest, of course, you know. But when it came down to it, he just gave it. He's emptied himself every single day, all the way to the point where he went to the cross, emptied himself for us. And I was just like, man, that's that's deep. And that's deep right there. I mean, I mean, Jonah had to go through as much as he wanted to hold back and keep it yeah. in. It took him to get swallowed up in a, in a well. <laughs> <laughs> and like like Jer Jeremiah the prophet said, like fire shut up in my bones. No, okay, let's uh -huh. just release it. Just release. Yeah. It. So I I don't know who needed that. That's watching the show, but you know that that struck my spirit, and so I figured I'd just pass it along. Um, <laughs> In a in an effort to die empty, <laughs> figure out pass that along, get that to somebody else today. That that that's deep, and I'm gonna hang on to that too. I want to die empty. I want to just push it all out so much. I just don't have nothing left when I lay on my bed. That it, it, it's, there's nothing left that I, I can give. I've done all I can. Mm. Anybody else have anything to say before we move on? Sounds like Job. <laughs> I came yeah. in the world with nothing. I'm going out with nothing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. As it's you can't you take it with you. And that's physical possessions and the spiritual gifts and possessions that you have as well. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what happens in the spirit realm when we get to heaven as far as our spiritual giftings, but might as well utilize them all while we're here. Might as well get them all out and, and get all those words out while we're here. Yeah. And you're going to be under attack a lot of times. And that's what I was yeah. talking about. It's going to come. It's going to be, a, you're going to be in warfare. It's going to come from people and it's going to come from within yourself. And you're going to have some, some marks, some battle marks. I, I've, I've woken up with scratches and, and zits and all kinds of stuff because I've been in warfare. And when you're in warfare, you come out with some marks. And sometimes it'd it be internal marks that you have to deal with. And if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're, you're going on your merry way, you might want to check yourself. You might be following the way of the devil if you ain't never in warfare. <laughs> if your mm -hmm. schedule that you plan is always on time on your calendar, <clears throat> you, you might want to check yourself. Either in denial or keep living. <laughs> I say that all the time to my wife. If I'm not feeling the persecution, I might be on the wrong side. <laughs> Maybe that's why, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not under attack right now. So that's a telltale sign. But in this parasha, the Lord keeps saying, I am the Lord. It keeps saying after each one of his, the, the, the paraphrases, but I am. But he is that I am. And you wake up with the song on your heart and you give it to him and you get in that shower and you consecrate yourself and you say, help me. And he'll give you a new attitude, a new, new gratitude. Because the moment you try to open your mouth to complain, somebody else is doing work. Somebody else didn't wake up this morning. Somebody else is in need of food. You still got a roof over your head and food on your table. He is more this, than enough. This, God this is, is more than enough. This is confirmation to your song, uh, Coach Easter, from last week. Last week you played He Is. Now in the parish, you said, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. He, he is our everything. And God is real. And I was thinking about as I was uh, doing my communion this morning, he is real. He had that cross on his back and he, he nobody can fake these stories. 
even even in in our our parish hall, he was like, "I will literally abort you. I will vomit you out of my land." He talks about that even in, in the parish hall. That was way back then, and I don't want to go off on the tangent because I know we got to get our, our our food uh from the rabbi, but he is real. Try him. Trust him. He is your father. He will come and see about you. Talk to him just like you're talking to me or you talk to somebody else. He's going to show up for you. Minister Mike, if you can go ahead and um, and do the uh, prayer, please, over the Torah. Baruch Adonai. Elohim Melechalon, Asher Kedeshano, Bemitsota Visivano, La Aso, Bedevre Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of the Torah. Amen. 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 Mm. Okay. Okay, so the Baruch. Kodesh. Uh, am, can you all hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, good. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I've been sitting here listening. I am empty. <laughs> <laughs> I am empty right now. <laughs> Just uh, listening and, and relaxing. And um, so as we get into the word, uh, remember this is a dialogue between us, right? And and it's before those that are just listening and those that are, you know, want to participate that are, um, that just log on and you can participate, by the way, log on, okay. It's, uh, and um, enjoy the feast, the meal that we are in, 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 that we are feasting on because it's important, you know, I read, from the ethics of the father. And it talks about when, if two men or two people are together and they don't talk about Torah, you know, the, the missed opportunities because when you're studying Torah, when you're talking about Torah, the father is there. The I am is there, he's, he's there. And, and, and so we have to understand it and recognize that this is true, all right? This is real and when we take the reality of that and apply it every day in every life situation, we will see the manifestation of his power in our lives and in the lives of those that we are dealing with. And this parashah uh, and haftorah portion today, it deals with a very peculiar and unique people called Israel and the relationship that we have with our father. And by the way, we, earlier we were talking about, uh, you know, sharing the word and things and being vessels and being empty vessels. We're all what we call cleaves. We're cleaves, right? We are empty vessels. A clea is a, is a vessel, right? And we are one to receive from the father and, and the teachings that go forward and the different, you know, each of us are unique. You know, we say we're not the same when we're dealing with our bodies and stuff. We're not the same spiritually either. Our life circumstances are not the same. In some ways, 
they're not unique to us, but when we look at the, the, the Bible in, in its entirety, the, besides the Torah itself, meaning the commandments, right? And the book of Bereshit, which is the foundation. And it, actually, actually in the book of Bereshit, the foundation, and it talks about the lives of men and the various circumstances that they through, went through in their lives. They're, we all experienced the same things that they did in the Bible. So all the way back, all the way back to the beginning, Adam, his circumstances, his children killing each other, you know, and, and, and all these things that are going forward and happening to him are still happening to us today. But what makes the difference is the decisions that we make while we're going through these different trials in life. You know, and uh, Lisa said, she, she said earlier this week, she said, just like Jacob, he's, why are these things always happening to me? Do you ever feel like that? Mm -hmm. Why in the world do these things keep happening to me? Right. They're going through the same circumstances, but Think about it, that each time you go through, you get, get a, a free and fresh opportunity to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Which way are you going to go? This life that we live is a life of choices. Mm -hmm. We have to choose which way we're going to go. And every soul, every clay has the same opportunity to make a decision. No, you dealt different, as they say, you dealt a hand of cards, you had to play the, the, the hand that you receive. Some mm -hmm. people's hands, you look at it and say, my goodness, I wouldn't want that hand. Mm -hmm. But that hand is a winning hand if they play it properly. Think about that. If you play, I mean, you can have a hand that just look, ooh, just a hand I cannot. But if you change, if, you're, if, if your thought pattern says, I can make this work, mm -hmm. I can make this work we have to learn how to play those hands, you know, uh, the circumstances of life. And, and the good thing about it is when you're studying the Tanakh, the words of wisdom that are there in the Proverbs, like I said, I, I, I read the, the ethics of the father, fathers, but when you read the Proverbs, it gives you a way, it helps you make decisions. It gives you logical reasoning on how to make decisions based upon the situation that you're in. One of the best uh, 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 um, uh, uh, answers it gives is that get yourself some wisdom. And then with your wisdom, get you some understanding. If you read that in Proverbs 4, get you some wisdom. What is wisdom? When you go to school and you learn different things, the proper application of what you've learned becomes wisdom when you apply it properly. And when you, when I was, Working in the oil industry, one of the guys that were one of the trainers said, you can look at the pipes and you know where the pipes go, but I can look at those pipes and tell you what's in those pipes. He had understanding of chemicals. I can tell you what happens on different levels depending on the heat and the pressure that's there. Most people can just say that, that there's a valve that does this, but I can tell you, you know, what it does. So he has an understanding of the process. So we have to gain an understanding of what is what the Bible is teaching us. Uh -huh. So 
in the parashah kedoshim or a holiness, right? He's saying that we are a holy people. It starts off there. It says, you know, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, speak to the children of Israel, get the children of Israel and tell them. He said, to, he was talking to the whole nation of Israel. You are a holy people. You're holy people. And then when, he, when the father does that, after he says, he tells Moses, tell the people this now, get them all together and you tell them this. You are holy people. He says, you are holy. I am your holy God. I am your, you know, scripture says in certain places that Israel are God's children. Right? And we can read that. that we are, you know, Israel is God's children. They are God's children. So if we are his children, then we are destined and predestined to be a holy people. Scripture reinforces that over and over again. You are a holy people. You are a royal priesthood. We hear over and over again. And then it tells you, this is how you be holy. See? So he tells you that. It says, be holy. See? Then he tells this is how you be holy. And he starts to explain these different things. He says, these are the, 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 acts, the acts that you're to do. They are holy acts that you're to do. This is how you live holy as a holy people it's, or set aside or a, a, a people, right? You know, I was in the holiness church. We said, we are holiness. We are, we are set apart. Well, that's, you know, Kedoshim. We are a set apart people. So how do I become holy? If I'm in a world and I don't have any commandments or no laws, you know, I don't know the difference between black and white, up and down, you know, six days of labor and the seventh day of rest. If I don't know these things, then I don't, I can't distinguish what is holy and what is not holy. So he explains to us, this, these are the things that you do and don't do. Okay. He says, don't participate in idolatry. He said, because, you know, remember where you're going to, where you're living. And remember that we have been dispersed amongst the nations and the nations do all kinds of crazy things. So we got to be a holy people in the midst of our circumstances which means that we have to learn how to make decisions based upon our relationship with our father. And he explains to us how to do it. He said, now in the world, you know, this is what they do, okay? They worship everything. They create things with their hands. They bow down and worship, and the things can't help them. Where do we get that from? Abraham said, you know, his father was an idol maker. And he confronted his father and said, Yo, your idols can't do anything. They can't walk and can't talk. You know, he, he says, so here, this idolatry, it could be your job. It could be a person. It could be a thing. Anything that you, that you place on and you worship it, that's idolatry. If you're worshiping a man instead of the creator, that's idolatry. Okay. If you call it a, a man and, you, and he tells you to do something and it's against the word of God, against the command of God, and you do this on a continual basis, then you're operating in idolatry. It doesn't have to be a statue or something. It could be what you're doing based on what somebody tells you to do and it is what? Contrary to the word of God. You're operating in the principle of idolatry. Then it says, and then on, let's go on the good side. It says, now charity, now love. Now you're, you're supposed to operate in love. You know, you shall not uh, take vengeance to hold a grudge against the children of your people. You shall love, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? So it tells us you got to love. Okay. And it says, you know what? In judging people, 
in their right and wrong, you have to use equality in that, be equal in that. In other words, you can't judge, um, give a, a good judgment. Well, I said, you can't give favor to the rich because he's rich and you can't give favor to the poor because they're poor. But you have to re recognize what they've done if they've broken the commandment. Now you have to know what the commandments are, right? So he's, he's already given us the commandments. So you have to judge with equity, equality. We're dealing with this every day in this land. And then amongst the nations, we have to deal with equality every day, equal justice. We call it equal justice under the law. And by the way, if you're an Israelite, one of your responsibilities is, one of our responsibilities is to, and you know, people say, well, I can't judge my brother, but if you're an Israelite and you're living under the covenant of the father, if your Israelite brother is in sin, we have a responsibility to go to him individually first. Now this is in the New Testament too. It's in reference to a leader, but we're all leaders in a res one respect or another. So we have a responsibility to go to that person and explain to them how they've broken the command of God or how they're doing wrong. And if they accept it, then you've gained your brother, as it says, right? But if they reject it and they continue in that style, then you have to go and get a what? A witness. Now you take the witnesses, right? And the witnesses deal with them, right? So we have a responsibility to correct each other. One of the problems we have today in amongst the children of Israel is Lashon Hara. And we have to recognize, first of all, what Lashon Hara is. Mm -hmm. And one of the penalties for that in the Torah is you get leprosy, right? Or you get some kind of skin disease. Okay. So the responsibility for us in order to keep our friend, our, our brothers and sisters from is to tell them, look, we don't, we have to be careful on this Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is evil tongue, it's gossip, right? It's speak, speaking evil against our brother, sister, our neighbor, or even one that is not amongst us. So he said, don't say anything good or bad about that person. Keep their names out of your mouth, right? Uh, by the way, Akota Lisa is excellent at this. <laughs> She'll cut it off quick. She said, uh -uh, I don't want, uh -uh, they ain't coming out of my mouth. I don't want, no, I don't, don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. So she understands Lashon Ra. If you want to deal with, you want somebody to teach you about that, ask her about it. She can tell you about it. Also, you Rabbi, is you were saying about uh, informing your brother or your sister about yeah. something they're doing wrong. That's even in the business world today. Yeah. Where I worked, there was a humongous sign on the wall that if you see someone doing something wrong in the warehouse, wherever you are on the on the, on the uh, property, and you don't say anything, you're just as much at fault as that person is. So that's even in the business world as well. Yeah, that's so true. I, I dealt with that as a safety supervisor for a while and, and being in, in leadership positions, we had to do that. We had, everybody was responsible for that. On the job, I'm talking about corporate America now. Okay, we are our brother's keeper. Yeah, so I call Lisa, and this is everywhere, right? She's telling you an example of where she is. I'm getting an example of where I am, but I'm sure that where you work, if you work in corporate America somewhere, it's there, right? It's even written in your standard operating procedure in the manual, the workplace manual is there. We are all responsible. So this 
did not come from man. This came from the Father. They've taken this from our book and applied it in corporate America. That's how powerful our Father, and I'm talking about something back, you know, three, 4,000 years ago, our Father. And actually, actually, are you your brother's, he said, am I my brother's keeper? Where'd that come from? That's from the create way back in the beginning. Brother's keeper is still in application. It's applicable today. So again, I say again, these are life circumstances that we must make decisions on and apply what we learn in the Bible to our everyday life. We have, a when you accept the yoke of Torah, you have a responsibility to be an example to those that are following you. So you must be aware of what you're saying and what you're doing all the time, especially for those that are your children. Or, or when I say children, that is people that don't have the understanding of the Torah that you do, or don't have an understanding. You are responsible for this. So there's something that I can't say and do amongst those that I understand that have not had the training that I have or have not lived in Torah as long as I have. So I, there are things that I'm free to do, but I restrain in doing it and depending on the, the audience that I'm in, okay? For, for example is I want to teach this morning um, in this parashah when it talks about, and I'm, 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 still, I'm jumping off a little bit, but I want you to see this. It talks about uh, planting and, and harvesting and not eating it until the fifth year. Okay, so in that teaching, if you're on a spiritual level, a certain spiritual level, we teach that there are five, the five levels of heaven. And each of these years represents the five levels of heaven, right? And so I, can't, I won't get too deep into it because again, the audience is not, most of the audience is not ready for it. So we have to be careful because we have, again, a responsibility, you know, when my granddaughter's here, you know, I have to guard what she's watching on her iPad. I have to watch, see what she's doing because it may be something that's detrimental to her, her psyche or, or her soul. So again, this applies every day. So let's be careful, right? Let's be careful. Again, now let's move on to the next one. I might be taking a lot of time on this, but uh, Cordelisa said in business, well here, one of the things my dad used to say, he says, do business with the Jews. And one of the reasons he would say this because one of the, the things that we learn is in the Torah says, be honest in business, that your weights and scales be balanced. In other words, so we know that if you go on to work with you, you know, there are issues also in, in, the, in, the, in the Jewish community with honesty. Why do I say that? Because they are men, they are people, and subject to the same laws and principles that we are. And they're there because, again, we error in our business. So it says, but, but as a people, and I'm talking about us, when I say the Jews, I'm talking about us, Israelites, right? And Jews, we're all the same. So we want to do business with us because we are held to a different standard as a people, even though, again, as individuals, sometimes we make errors in our business uh, uh, dealing. But in honesty in business, is a part of our psyche or our moral upbringing or, or, or ethics. Being honest and true in business, being trustworthy in business. This is a part of us. So it says a part of the, and again, this is in being holy, set apart, do honest in business. 
And we must learn to, to understand that this is who we are. And this is our responsibility if we're going to operate in the kingdom of God. So in this parashah, you see where it talks about being honest in business. And then, and then, because that's deal with your money, right? That, that deals with your elevation in business, in, in different affairs, outside external affairs. We like to do business in our own community, but we're stranded, we're stranded amongst the nations in the land of our captives. So we have to deal with them also. But in our dealing, again, our, our scales are balanced in business. And then we have to deal with sexual morality. And, and again, if you, and last week we talked about Romans chapter one, how he gave the people over to a reprobate mind. This is also in this parish show. So in sexual immorality, morality, we have to understand that as a people, we have a standard of operation. If, you know, again, we have an issue because we're in this Babylonian, this, this worldly system that is ungodly and amoral, amoral, and we have to deal in this society. We have to instruct our children on these things. Now, where we started from, we have to give our children a leg up to help them to keep from falling into it and teach them the right way and, and then help them make good decisions and prayerfully they'll remain in them. If we stay in our community, okay, and teach proper, and that's why it says in the scripture, so it does not be found in Israel. We have to eradicate it so it's not found in Israel. What does it mean? In our communities, wherever we find ourselves in the world, we must strive, right, to act as a set-apart people, even in, in, in immoral or amoral society. That's where we live today. Let our decisions, and we must teach our children that our decisions are based upon what is written in the scripture for us, in order for us to operate in the true power that is ours. You cannot expect to be called a child of the creator, our father, Avino Shabbat Shamayim, and live like the world, the world in its system. We must operate on a higher level or a higher standard based upon what has been handed to us through the Torah. If our parents are wrong, and our, but our parents have taught us how to read and to write and to gain understanding, and they've guided us and steered us to the scripture, then at a certain age, we have to make the decisions ourselves, okay? And we must, again, lay the proper foundation for the younger people, the younger children, and this is not just age-wise. This is people that come in off the street, that come in, that want to be a part of Israel, as we'll call it, Hebrew congregation of, of, of Houston. Okay, if you want to join the Hebrew congregation of Israel, no matter, and you come from a place of the world system and you've been involved and you come and we can look at you and, and, and talk to you and have a conversation and find out where you are, we begin to teach you the foundations of Torah and help you make decisions, your future decisions based upon the Torah. 
And we do that with love. Again, charity. We do that with love, right? And we do that based upon... Yeah. Rabbi, you, you, you're right about making future decisions because I know um, I have keloid skin and I'm just going to give a quick testimony. And so I had walked past this nail and it had uh, put a scar on my arm mm -hmm. and I hate scars. And so I have some tattoos. And so I was planning on because the scar won't heal, getting Zion, which is, which is my grandchild name, to cover up the scar. And so I was planning on going on Monday. I swear I have it on my calendar. And so when I read this parashah, it talks about not putting tattoos on your body. You figure this Bible was written what? Uh, I just pulled it up here. Between 1200 and 165 BC. And it talks about tattoos in the Torah. Like he, God already knew. And then us coming here to this Egypt, what did they do? They branded us. They put numbers, they put their names so that they know like we were cattle that we belong to that master, that family. Yeah. And so now I know better, I'll do better. So the Torah spoke to me saying, no, you're not gonna put a tattoo because I'm holding you to a higher standard. Yeah, you've done that in the past. Now we're moving forward. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna put Zion tattoo on your body right yeah and so i just wanted it to to, to to put that out there on just because i you know I'm, I'm a host i'm not over rabbi is is, is the, the minister the priest the rabbi over here but i'm learning and you're learning and we have to do better and so that's just my testimony in doing better too yeah also it mentions in leviticus about piercings and we are known for our piercing, our ears, our nose, and every other part of our body. But if you don't know, you know, just like you say, you're learning. Mm -hmm. So learn well. Mm -hmm. And then once you learn, then you teach others. Right. And then and you, you have and you forgiveness just for what has happened. Mm -hmm. and, you and you just move forward. And you right. just move forward in the blessings and you just see think the, the Holy Spirit speaks to you and the blessings keep coming and the protection is upon you and your family. Yeah, because the tattoo that you have, that was a point of where you were in your walk, there you go. your growth in your life. Mm -hmm. So that in itself can now become a testimony for others. And one of the things I, when I was doing a study about that whole thing with tattoos and I was reading um, a book by Derek Prince, who's... Mm -hmm some of you have heard of him. And that was one of the things that he talked about. When we get tattoos, it opens up a portal. You know how we always talk about don't let the enemy in? That is normally how, that's one of the avenues that one he takes when we, when we open up that portal through um, tattoos. Yeah. But like I say, that becomes a testimony for you to others yeah. because then you can relate to them of where they may be at right now in their life because you were there at one point. And you right. past you. So, so the Torah, battle scars. The Torah becomes alive. It, it, it literally becomes alive and it meets you where you are and it just ministers to your spirit. And so when I had that on there for Monday, it became alive and said, no, no, you're not. Yeah. You're, you're held to a higher standard. And this is what I said. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and that's what the Torah does. It teaches us, right? It guides us. Where you, where you come from is not where you're going to end up. If, right, if you live by them. Again, the score, all, it always says if he lives by them. 
So that's the thing, right? No matter where you came from in life, we all came from some walk of life, right? And, and for some reason, I didn't, well, you know, I didn't do tattoos and things like that. Um, you know, some things, you know, again, each of us comes from a different place. I just said, we all came from a different place. I cannot um, look at you and look down on you because of what you came from, where you came from, but we can start to move forward from there and learn. And then as we stumble along the way, we pick ourselves up, get back into it. That's why it says we repent and go back on it, right? That's what it says. Right, right. because mine was just from, because I had marks on me and that won't heal, that that won't go away. Yeah. Others just because they're in pain and they don't want to express it. So they'll they'll do the tattoos and yeah. put people pictures on there. But at some point we just have to grow. Yeah. And then of course there's if you join, how many of you know you know about the Greek societies, right? Uh, you know, in your college you you pledge Greek. I ain't Greek, you know. I, I'm not Greek. I don't, you know, but I had some friends that that went and and, and branded themselves, branded themselves with the omegas and stuff like that, alpha and and, and you know sci-fi and all the cappers and, and and they put it on their body on their on their you know on the peck and all this, on the on the shoulder and I'm looking at them and so I, I wouldn't do that, but this was before I learned Torah, right? I I, I wouldn't do that, you know. You know, why am I gonna brand myself? You know, they used to, uh, uh, they used to brand us, right? They would brand them, but why? I just don't want to. I don't like pain. <laughs> I don't like pain. It's almost like you're Greek. Instead of putting God first, Greek is I'm Greek first, then the God. You know, my then, relationship because uh -oh. they Greek for life. Most of them know they Greek for life. Oops, that sound like idolatry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but you but you look at that and that's like a brotherhood yeah. to them yeah. because a lot of them young men in college, they don't have families or they're in poverty and it's it's a family to them. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why we can't judge people. We have no right to judge right. anybody. Right. We don't judge. We don't we, judge but because we, again we are and try to give them the truth and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. To let them know that you're a holy people and now that you walked in this way you know those things use it as a testimony right? right and warn those before they do it you know uh why don't just tell don't do it but tell them why and then show it to them that in order you are a holy people you belong to the creator you are his child he doesn't want you to do that which takes me to the next portion where it says honor your one's own honor your father and your mother right you know and it teaches in this parish i talked about you know standing right Standing when an elder comes in and old, and it's talking about an older, some, you know, we have mothers of the church and fathers of the church, you know, and then 70 and 80 years old when they come in, we're supposed to revere them, right? Because, you know, they may not be the most educated people, but they're wise because they've survived in this environment. A person 80, over 80 years old, especially when you're hitting that 80 mark, you know, and that's power, that's strength, right? Because 70 and then 80 is because of strength, you know, and that strength is that they've had some wisdom carrying them along the way. They may not have been in what we call the church, but for some reason they have had wisdom enough to make it to where they are today, right? It has nothing to do with whether they're smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol. It has there's more to it than what you see on the external part of their lives. There's something that they're doing that is 
you know, it could be something that the, we don't know all the mysteries of why the father's prolonging their life and giving them the strength to live. But, but my responsibility is to honor those people and give them respect, mm -hmm. right? So uh, in Torah, in, in Eastern culture or in Israel, custom, custom, we would rise from them. And if you go into the continent of Africa now, you go in there and call your mother and father, right? In respect, right? In our communities, basically, we're taught to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, right? Mm -hmm. And in our community, in, in the very heart of our community, I can go down to Sunnyside right now, and they respect even the hoodlums. The majority of the hoodlums, the hood, the hood rat, the thugs, even respect, most of them respect the elders. There's only, you may find one or two in there that does not respect and will cussing, cussing in front of them and cuss them out and stuff. It's not, you know, it's only one or two in that bunch. And if the others had the courage, they would straighten that person out, right? You see, but in our, what I'm saying is normally, in, it's normal in our community to respect those that are older than us. And it is taught in our families, say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, right? And, and don't call them uh, an elder by their first name or Mr. You say Mr. or, or you know, uh, Mr. So-and-so, and you respect, we teach respect. This is not new for us, right? These are things we know. So we honor our parents. And, and that honor goes in the, the life that we live when we're not in their presence because we represent our parents when mm -hmm. we're out in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that we honor our parents. You know, when my parents send me off, they say, remember who you are, you know, remember who you represent. Right. And that's that's normal. That is a norm for us in our community of Israel. And when I say Israel, I'm talking African people. It is our custom. It, it is a norm for us. But when we start to take on the ways of the nations, then we lose respect for our elders. Right. When we forget the Torah of our life, then we begin to to. Disrespect, curse the, the you know, curse them, and and I mean, cuss them out. No, mm. curse them out, cuss them out. We cuss them out with that foul language. You know, we don't. You know, and and you know, I've seen it in the workplace with with uh, with older gentlemen working around. You know, usually in seventy to eighty years old, you see once in a while, and and you see people that kind of disrespect them in a way. And you have to straighten them out a little bit. You know, you have to get kind of put them on, on the side, you know, I ain't having it, you know, that kind of thing. That's our responsibility. By the way, when we see an Israelite or someone being mistreated, we're supposed to actually intervene. We have to be careful these days because they pop, pop you with a mm -hmm. lead poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> lead also, poisoning. Also, Rabbi, uh, even uh, I've, I've had that happen to me in the grocery stores. Yeah. Um, and not just... Uh, our brothers, but Spanish and other races will say, okay, mama, or okay, mother, or this. And I'm like, you know, they don't know me, but they recognize. Yeah. And so I have to appreciate that. And I don't prohibit them from saying that uh, because it doesn't matter about, you know, it does matter about age, but it doesn't, but you know, they're not related to me. No, but they still are family. Yeah. And, and you know, something else, it's, it's amazing how, when I was in my 20s, a person that was 50 years old, 60s, he's, he's, he's like a senior citizen. And now that I'm over 60, hitting 70, I'm saying, 
nine so old. <laughs> I ain't no senior citizen, but the paperwork says I'm a senior citizen, but I don't feel that way. So it, you know, it just moves on, right? The the <laughs> we keep moving the goalposts. Right? Okay, I'm not so old now. So when people say, okay, okay, pops, you know, I'm saying, who are you talking to? Right. But actually he's right because I am at that age. <laughs> and it's not out of disrespect, it's just a way of saying, right? So I think I said, man, my goodness. So again, now me knowing people that are older than I am, I have to what show them the same respect. So we never get out of the place where we're showing someone older than us respect, honoring our fathers and our mothers. It's the same way with teachers. Teachers are people of honor. Mm-hmm. Teachers are to be honored. So Brother Griff, you, you are due a certain amount of respect and honor because you are a teacher. It's an honorable profession and it is honored. And you are actually like an elder. You are an elder. Mm-hmm. Right. So for so that's an honorable, you know, they don't receive the due that they uh, as a teacher don't really in this country and other countries they do. But as a matter of fact, in the, in the old days. Um, in uh, West Africa, they, you know, the greatest commodity, and I think we've taught it that was books, you know, person had the, the libraries, they look at how many and that's in the in the video that uh, uh, Minister Mike sent out. It's in that video talks about you know they they talk about that because we kind of like think that we were brought over and we were brought over because you know, we were all these savages unlearned and stuff like that but there was this era where that was where all of the books was coming from mm-hmm. from us yeah and when yeah. they were going through that what they call the dark ages in africa they were flourishing yeah, in cities and stuff like that. We we didn't have that thing with the black plague and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, the dark that was not the dark ages for those in, in Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you know that's I mean that's true facts, right? We can document that, right? And, and by the way, when you said that they didn't have the black plague and stuff happening flourishing, you know why? Because they isolated people when they got sick. That's from the Torah. That's why I said put them outside of camp, put them, give them a place outside, give them a place to go to. Okay, Cody, uh, said you were going to say something. I was going to say, I, I know uh, my husband's big on this. In the parashah in 19, it talks about um, 19 and 31 about medians and familiar spirits. Mm-hmm. And then 20 and 6, it talks about medians and familiar spirits. And then it ends in 20 and 27 about medians and familiar spirits. Mm-hmm. And so it talks, I, I, I was like, hmm, that says it three times in, in our parish, y'all. And it ends it, too. That's powerful, right? You know what? It's prominent. You remember in, in Mitzrayim, they, you know, they had their sorcerers. And by the way, when you talk about sorcerers, you know how we teach it in the Greek, uh, pharmacol, drugs. Drugs is a big thing. Drugs is how you can seduce people. You can put drugs in their drinks, which, by the way, was a big thing and still is a big thing, right? Date rape drugs. And not only that, I had a friend when I was in the military that somebody spiked um, his Coca-Cola, drinking Coca-Cola. Somebody put some acid in his Coca-Cola, you know, drugs, right? LSD in the the military. And he was already hyper. 
and he couldn't go to sleep that night. And he was wondering what was wrong. And, and they didn't let me, they didn't tell me. I had to find out later on that somebody, because I didn't play that, right? I didn't play that in the military. And uh, I had a good position where I could deal with that. So they didn't want me to know, but I found out about it and, and, messed, and, and messed him up because then they gave him some coke. No, it wasn't coke. It was heroin. They gave him heroin. And I wasn't around because I had, because my job, I was in headquarters uh, on staff and, and I'd find out things later, right? That somebody gave him heroin and he got strung out on heroin. Again, so that source, that's a form of sorcery. They had control, they had control over it and he had to deal with that. He had to deal with that. Um, kind of messed up our friendship, you know? And um, because I, I couldn't deal with people on drugs, especially in my position. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was on heroin and it started by what the gateway. Right. Of that somebody spiking him unknowingly to him with that thing. And it just opened up a whole whole open up a portal. Yeah. I, I'm always amazed when I look at some of the signs on your liquor stores and it says they sell wine and spirits and spirits <laughs> and spirits. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because people act up when they get on that stuff, that hard liquor, right? They get to act it up, right? And, and, and their true self comes out, their alter, that's what they, that alter ego comes out. Yeah. You remember the guy that got hung, that they drug him on the back of the truck? Those were his friends that did that. Oh, they wow. were, he was acquainted with those people. They were out drinking. Wow. And then, of course, the spirits took over. And they remember the good old days. Let's just see if he can live through this dragon on the back of his truck. You know, that's open it up. If it's in there, and again, if it's in your DNA down here in Texas, you know, that 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 thing is, is strong, right? And and you deal with people, and people, I mean, in the church, people have come and confessed, and they didn't say exactly what, what went on in their families before, but they say my family did some things. Mm. These are my Caucasian brothers telling me this, confessing, especially after I would preach a sermon or something, and, and the spirit of God would be moving on them, and they would come and make confessions. Mm. They won't say exactly what it is, but they will tell you. So you know what it is, though. You know what it is because of where we are and what, what happened in those days. Remember now, in 18, when, when was slavery ended? 18 what? 60 what? 65. 65. I was born in 1953. That's not even 100 years. Right? Because 1953, right? You're talking about 1865. See? You see how close that is? Mm -hmm. And it didn't, and slavery didn't end in 1865. That was on paper. Mm hmm. Because then we went into the Black Codes, Jim Crow. That's now you're talking that's 19... That's talk about Juneteenth. When yeah. it, that's yeah. where Juneteenth came from. Yeah. Now that's you're talking 1965. Because 1964, 1965, Civil Rights Act come into play. So that tells you how long slavery actually continued in the country. Hangings and things of that nature. And again, most of the time when you saw them talk about lynchings and hangings, they had had some drinks. In other words, they had introduced the sorcery, sorcery or the spirits into them. 
So you see how all this stuff plays together? And then you got them, the coke, right? The coke addicts. And, the, and then we had this thing where we had that people getting, what is that? Coke that turned into crack cocaine in our community. How strong it was. One whiff of it. And I preached on that back then in those days, you know, about taking one hit of this, this crack cocaine and, and it opens up the endorphin so much. And then you're chasing the high. You start chasing. You, that's sorcery, right? That's a form of sorcery, of mind control. Because once they get you hooked on that crack, they're going to make money on you because you got to go and get that crack. You, you're stealing from your mama. You're, you're disre disrespecting your parents and your relatives. You're hurting people to do what? Chase that high. When Yahweh knew all this was going to go on, he so it's it. all it's all in here in the Torah. It's all. But, but you but you know what perplexes me is, uh, and Rabbi, you spoke this a second ago. When we talk about the word pharmacy in today's day and age, and a pharmaceutical company, I mean, and the, and this is not hidden. We can look up any basic uh, online dictionary, Webster dictionary, and see this that the word pharmacia, the Greek word for it, literally meant witchcraft we literally meant to mix potions together mm -hmm. and it's just like shamelessly in our face you know it's like shamelessly in our face that this is a form of witchcraft happening and, and you know sister Easter will tell you i haven't and it, it's not to convict or condemn anybody who does but i haven't taken anything even a tylenol since 2010 mm -hmm. i won't take any pills because i learned this and i'm just like what how is this just in our face so you know rabbi i don't know how to move forward like what as believers, what do we do about that? We know, yeah, we can talk about the hard drugs and we know that that stuff obviously is crazy the way that it opens up portals and does all that. But what about the stuff that people are taking that it just seems like it's, uh, you know, just for a headache, this Tylenol or, you know, all these medications that have side effects that might kill you, but you can also get your runny nose stopped, you know, all these things like that. I don't know how to internalize that because it's just so blatantly normalized and in our face in our society. Okay, so so one of the things is we all come from, again we all come from some place right, but here on this channel, in this class, we have a, a teaching that goes on, almost. If you come on at least twice a month, you're going to hear the teaching on what health and welfare. People get headaches. People get sickness and disease because of what we're not doing properly in our bodies. Oftentimes it could be in the atmosphere, but if we utilize the proper herbs that we have, then we can eliminate, alleviate a lot of the headaches, right? The high blood pressure, you know, uh, the, there's a, uh, what a, you know, uh, the thing, the aches and the pains that come in the body. We can eliminate, stuff. Yeah. we can eliminate the majority of those things, right? Now, I'd have to defer to, to uh, Minister Michael or, or Cordelisa for that because they could, give you, they could give you the rundown on it, right? Because they live that more than I do. Well, Minister Griffin and I, we get into it about that, that discussion because I think he takes it to another level. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I say, hey, you, you got a headache? Take a Tylenol or yeah. take the medicines for your cold and things. But he, he's, he, I mean... To each their own. He's taken to level another level. He doesn't take anything, which I have, and, problem, and, and, which I have a problem with as a mother because you know I don't want to see him in pain or suffering any type of way. But then 
you know, that Oxycontin and all those other drugs, I can see because those are addictive type of drugs. Those are gateways and different things. But I, I and this is just my personal feeling. I just think he takes it to another level. Well, that, <laughs> and and his, I understand his, his concern because so much of the over-the-counter uh, drugs that don't require prescription are just as addictive or have as much side effects as the one that you have to have a prescription from because yeah. so many of them have that acetaminophen in them stuff, which thins your blood, which yeah. causes your blood not to be able to clot stuff. So I un understand that, but you know, you can always like do some research from a holistic point yeah. to see if you would rather take that instead. Yeah, and that's why we have so much information. That's why we share information, right? Again, uh, I've taken time and all, I don't, you know, uh, but I don't, you know what, last time I took it, the doctor told me to take one for some pain or something, you know, um, but, you know, I don't like taking, you know, that stuff, right? But um, be even in our taking of our herbs, when I would go to the different herbalists and, the, you know, there's a, nat a natural health places I would go, they'd tell me, and in Chinatown, where I used to go long time ago and get they say just a little very little a little goes a long way a little goes a long way and they would tell you because the, these many of the drugs that we take if you're not taking a synthetic drug again if you're not taking something man-made synthetic the others came from the herbs and they put them in pill form or in a liquid form right Right, so a lot of them are, are herbs that they mash up. Yeah, they use a fraction of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and they tell you, be careful, right? Don't overdo it. When I started taking ginseng, right, it, my teacher would say, a little goes a long way, right? Little goes a long way, so just take a little. And I was talking about, I'm talking about the, 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 the root, right? And I cut it up and put it in different ways. So he said, little goes a long way, don't, not too much, don't overdo it. So with our herbs, again, our herbs are very powerful. Right, and we take them in teas and tinctures, and we do different things with them. Okay, but remember, follow the instructions. Now, as far as taking the different, you know, Tylenols and aspirin for blood, you know, to blood thin your blood, you don't have to take no aspirin for that. Get the, get the right herb, right? You know, and, and and make it a part of your diet. Drink some some teas. And it has a lot awesome. to do. It has um, a lot to do with uh, people's background, yeah. like. Um, Griff, at some point, they tried to push some medicine on him, and he mm -hmm. said no. Yeah. And so I, I think that really uh, stuck with him. And it's just like if 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 you were once an alcoholic, you can't have a, a little drink. You don't don't have anything at all. Yeah. And and I think that uh, it, it just comes with some of the background of what you've gone through, because these people tried to tell him he needed, and he said no, I don't, and he didn't. And so I, I think that has a lot to do with it. And so awesome. we're, not, we're not telling people not to take your medicines, not to do that. Everybody has their own experience on how they're dealing with things. Even like I said, with the tattoo, how I'm dealing with it and how my mindset, your mindset is. And so but go exactly. ahead, Cota Lisa, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I apologize. I'm quick to say, but also uh, as Minister Griff was talking about, about pharmacol and pharmacology, we learned this many decades ago. And we grew up, I would say, Minister Mike, myself, my, uh, our rabbi, we grew up in a time when they made your medicine behind the counter and you could see them with this bowl and the pistol 
making your medicines. Where do you go today to get your, the drugs that you do or the not so much hard drugs, anything like that, but where do you go to pick up a prescription to the drug store? Think about it. They replaced pharmacy with a drug store because yeah. that's what they're promoting. Okay. Uh, then you can get other things there, paper, pencil, snacks, and whatever. But it's now replaced with a drug store. Drugs do what they do. But medicine heals. Mm-hmm. The herbs and uh, supplements and things that we talk about on health as wellness, those help to heal. Those help to repair. Those help to fight off. Those help to cure and that's what you're looking for that's what you should be looking for is a cure and so just be careful as we told you before as rabbi said today a little bit goes a long way especially with the herbs because our body is so programmed to drugs Uh you know we've taken them so long but i i thank god for the testimonies that i have and maybe i'll share them one day but just a little bit don't be in a hurry to um, bring on what you want to happen in your body. It takes time because it didn't take, it did take time for you to get sick. It's going to take time for you to heal. Yeah. So no. I'm glad, thank you so much. I'm glad we have these, these type of discussions. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so great about the Hebrew congregation of Houston. Cause we, we have these discussions on our everyday situations. And what's going on and we refer them what back to the tour everything has to point back to the tour everything has to point back to yahweh in our lives and so we're going to go ahead and, and uh, wrap it up uh, rabbi if you want to go ahead and do a, a summary and if anybody yeah. have any questions for you yeah well i'm going to summarize it like this when um when i go to the doctor okay remember the torah go back to the torah as your reference right and 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 use it for where you are in your life today, all right? These parachutes that we go through are to help us make sound decisions where we live. And, and, and in that, I wanna say this and finish it up what we were talking about, the pharmace- pharmaceutical drugs and taking different drugs. When I go to the doctor, you know, when, uh, and the doctor wants to prescribe something for me and I would always explain to my doctor, I would rather doing natural healing rather than medicine. And so we come up with a compromise because I don't want to you know, disregard what the doctor says. I want to, so what I, I did, I said, I'm gonna use my herbs. And so what I got was a list of how the herbs interact with certain drugs. So I can understand what's going on, but I'm gonna do my herbs, right? And what I, I again, I, I talked to the doctor and she says, okay. But I said, well, you're gonna have to cut your prescription in half because I'm gonna use my herbs. And eventually I'm getting off of yours because for the rest of my life, I'm not gonna be on the drugs. So I got my list and see how they interact. And everything that I take, every herb that I take has a positive effect, right? And not a negative effect, right? So I, I'm with Brother Griff on that. I'd rather do a preventive right? Preventive measures, do it preventively, then have to go and get the cures. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, they would tell me, well, it's not moving, it's not growing, but it's there. 
it's not going because my lifestyle had already changed. Uh-huh. I was already on, so it was there, you know, and it probably was going in the other direction, by the way, it probably was going in the other direction. So, but they went in and took it because they're doctors. So they took it out, right? But again, these herbs, I would say in closing, get on our health and welfare, apply it to your lifestyle along with our Torah, right? Along with the Torah, because it is Torah. Torah is teaching. It is Torah. It's a, and you'll find out that it's, it's kosher for you, right? It's kosher for you. You're following Kashrit law because we're teaching you how to do, who live holy. We're teaching you how to be Kedoshim, not just spiritually, but in your natural body. It all works together. When you read the parachute and you in the book of Leviticus and you go back and, and I say, do it again, you'll see that what we're telling you is, and we're giving you wisdom. Now with that wisdom, get you some understanding of it. That's what I did when I got this list. I got I had to get some understanding of what was going on with the drug interaction and my herbs. I'll stop right there. Amen. Thank you so much for the word. Uh, we've gone on a bunch of subjects that was in our parashah, that was in the Torah. And so I gave you our new parashah so you can keep up with this. The new one is Leviticus 21 through 24, chapter 21 through 24, up to the 23rd verse. And these are topics we must address because all these things that are in the Bible applies to what today, our life and what's going on today. Everything is going in, in a circle, as we say. So if you want to know what's going on, read your Bible, read your Torah. It's happening again. Uh, Nicole Lisa, if you can go ahead and do our closing prayer, please. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Toda, 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 for you. Thank you for you. Thank you that you saw ahead. You saw this very day even when you began to first speak to mankind, I thank you for it. Um, I ask um, that we gain understanding. And I thank you that um, uh, the king uh, told us to get wisdom and all our, our, get our understanding and all our understanding, get wisdom. They go together, they work together. They work together for our good. Thank you for every topic that's been discussed here today. Thank you for every person on the panel today. Increase, Father. Increase, increase, increase. Increase health. Increase businesses. Increase our love for one another. Increase our love for you, Hashem. Increase our love uh, for para and for um, application of Torah and for uh, we appreciate that you love us enough to leave Torah for us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for each other. May we encourage one another, increase our love for each other, for our families, for our friends. Most of all, most importantly for you, increase our understanding and our application of what we understand and to gain more from Torah so that we can apply it. May this, stick with us, stay with us. May we share it and apply it also again uh, for ourselves and for others. B'Shem Yeshua, amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you for the prayer. We thank you all for logging on. Remember, leave your email at the bottom, share our episode. Uh, We're going to be giving away 
to $100 on our 100th episode on June 11th. So leave your email address and share our episodes. Uh, we thank you for the, the new word. We know the rabbi said, la, la shon haray, which is do not gossip or do not have an evil, evil tongue. So we're learning different things. I know I'm learning different things. And so uh, we heard Minister Griff share with us, uh, you want to die empty. You want to die empty, putting it all out there putting that energy out there and that knowledge and that wisdom and, 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 and sharing it with your brothers and sisters and lifting them up, okay? And so, and that's what we're doing. We're emptying out on what God has given us, okay? And so we love you. Uh, we will see you next Saturday. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.